0: God's word for our meditation on this fourth Sunday in Advent is the gospel lesson appointed from Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Faithfulness is important to us, isn't it? Faithfulness is important in your workplace. It's one of the metrics that your employer will judge you on how faithful and devoted and committed you are to your company, to your work, to your responsibilities. Faithfulness is important. Faithfulness is important in friendships too, isn't it? We want our friends to be faithful to us, to keep their word, to be devoted to us, to that friendship. Faithfulness is important to us. But, but maybe there are no there's no human relationship where faithfulness is more important than in marriage. Because marriage is built on faithfulness, it is based on commitment. It's why it's part of our marriage vows that I promise to be faithful even to the point of death. Without faithfulness, there's hardly a marriage, is there? Faithfulness is important. It's vital to a marriage. And so maybe that's why you can understand why Joseph felt the way he did. Because seemingly, from his vantage point, Mary had been unfaithful to him. Because word has come to him, either by the great vine or from Mary herself, that she's pregnant. And Joseph knows for a fact that he is not the father of that child. Joseph has to be heartbroken. Right, he's, he's pledged to be married to her. And, and in that time and that custom, that, that was tantamount to marriage. That commitment had been made. That faithfulness had already been pledged. Even though they weren't living together and and having sexual relations together, yet that, that commitment was there and seemingly was broken. Joseph loved her. He was looking forward to a life together with her, a family of their own together. But that all came crashing down. And just imagine the pain and the, and the sadness that, that Joseph was feeling. And it says that, that Joseph was faithful to the law. And the law at that time meant that it meant divorce because of that unfaithfulness. But he loved her. And he didn't want her to be open to public disgrace because, because divorce was, she'd be disgraced for the rest of her life and maybe even stoned to death based on the Mosaic law. And so, as he went to sleep that night, he had it in his mind to divorce her but to do it in a quiet way without making a big deal out of it but but they didn't take away the pain and the sadness that he had to have felt. Maybe you know how Joseph feels. Maybe you've been there. Maybe it was with a spouse who was unfaithful. Maybe it was with a friend, someone that you thought was there for you and committed to you and cared for you and they they betrayed you, broke their promise, unfaithful to you. Maybe you know how it feels to be in Joseph's place that night and feel that sadness and that pain. <laughs> but maybe, maybe you also know the, the feelings that were going on among of many of God's, old, uh, God's people of that time. Because it seemed that God had been unfaithful to his promises. God had made a promise to his people a long time before. That he loved them, he was with them, and that one day he was going to send someone to rescue them. And it seemed like God had maybe forgotten about that promise or maybe was not going to be faithful to that promise or had broken that promise. God had promised for for so long, they could go back thousands of years To that Garden of Eden, where God promised to send one who would crush the head of the serpent. That God had promised to their forefather, to their ancestor Abraham, that from him, every nation would be blessed. A, a, A savior would come. God had promised to their ancestor David... King David, that there would be one of his descendants who would sit on the throne forever. His kingdom would be established forever. God had promised through prophet after prophet about one who would come and what he would do and what he would be like and what he would bring. For hundreds of years, there were promises that came to his people. But, but at the time of Joseph... There silence. There had been silence for 430 years. 430 years they had not gotten any new promises, any new prophecies, any new promises of a Savior, and one who would rescue them and save them and come and bring them blessings. There are many at the time of Joseph who maybe had given up we thought god was unfaithful to those promises he had made for so long and maybe maybe that's the only thing worse in this life than a spouse being unfaithful is considering that god could be unfaithful and maybe you know what that feels like to have those feelings Is God really true to his word? Does God really keep his promises? What is it that you're doubting today? Which words of God do you question? Do you doubt? Which words of God do you think he's been unfaithful to? And have trouble thinking that he will fulfill. Maybe it's, maybe it's some of the earthly things that he promises. And you know that God does not promise you everything you want in this life. He doesn't promise this life to be a bed of roses. You, you know that. That's not what you're expecting. But, but you know he says that he promises you everything you need. And you're wondering. You know some things I could really really need right now, God. Maybe it has to do with money, or your health, or your relationships. What promises of God, what, what words of God are you thinking that he's unfaithful to today? That he's not keeping, that he can't keep, that he won't keep. Maybe, maybe they're more of the spiritual nature maybe you're wondering is god really going to be there for me in those times of temptation because i fall so often does god really forgive all of my sins is there really nothing i have to do is is it really all done for me how can that be how can i know for sure what's after this life God, are you really in control of all of this and this is mess of this world and and the disaster of my life? What is it that you're questioning? What promises of God do you think He's not being faithful to? Maybe you know what the people of Joseph's time were feeling and wondering. Is God there? Does God care? Can he keep his promises? Is he faithful? But, friends, just as we know, because we know the rest of the story with Mary, that she was not unfaithful to Joseph. Joseph did, just didn't have all the information yet. So we know, too. God is faithful to his word. And that's really what this account before us is about. It's, this account is not about clearing up a misunderstanding. This account is, account is not just about saving a marriage that almost ended in a divorce. It's about the faithfulness of God. God. An angel of the Lord comes to Joseph that night in a dream and tells him this. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God would fulfill the promise. God was fulfilling the promise. The promise that he had made all the way back to Adam and Eve in that garden. The promise that he had made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and through Isaiah and Jeremiah and Malachi and every other prophet. Every promise of a Savior Which is what the whole Old Testament is really all about. The promise of a coming Savior was now coming to completion. And the angel reveals to him in such clear, beautiful ways that there was nothing to be afraid of. There was nothing to worry about. That he could take Mary home as his wife because this was, as Mary probably tried to tell him. This was an act of God. What was conceived in her was not from a man. It was from the Holy Spirit himself. He calls him Joseph, son of David. To remind him of the promise. The promise that had been made to his ancestor, David. That that kingdom would be established forever. That one from the line of David would sit on that throne forever. Forever. And now he's coming. And then he even gives him the name that that child is supposed to have. She's going to give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. And not just because it sounds nice. But because of the meaning of that name. The name means Savior or the Lord saves. And that is what he would come to do. The angel tells him in no uncertain terms, with clear words, you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He is coming to save his people. This is God himself coming to rescue his people from their sins. This is who is coming. This is who Mary is giving birth to. The one that has been promised, the one who is being delivered. He is coming. To save his people from their sins. To be that perfectly faithful one. For us. Because, you know, just... As often as people are unfaithful to us, we know our unfaithfulness to others. Maybe you've been there. Maybe maybe you were the unfaithful spouse. Or maybe you were the unfaithful friend... Or family member, or employee. But more than that, when God says love your neighbor as yourself, that means to be perfectly faithful and committed, not just to the people in your life that you know, but to everyone. And not just to people, but to be perfectly faithful and committed to God himself. To love God and love your neighbor. Perfect faithfulness and in, in, To God and to neighbor. That's God's demand. That's God's expectation for you. And that's why this one was so necessary. Jesus. The one who comes to save his people. Who comes to save you from all of your sins of unfaithfulness and every other one too. Who came to be that perfect faithful one for you. Perfectly faithful in his love for his neighbor. Perfectly faithful in his love for every other human being, including you. Perfectly faithful to his Father and to his will. Perfectly faithful to his word and every command for you. This one, Jesus, who came to save his people, you, from your sins, to be perfect in life, perfectly faithful in life, But even faithful in death. Faithful to death. Faithful to a death on a cross for you and for your sins. So that you might have salvation. This is why he came. This is why he was promised. This is what he did. Matthew is led by the Spirit. These words weren't spoken to Joseph in the dream, but Matthew is led by the Spirit to include what this was all about. He says in verse 21 and 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah that we read in chapter 7 in our first lesson. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Friends, this Jesus is the fulfillment of every one of God's promises. In the old testament he is the fulfillment of that savior to come that rescuer that we needed our peace with god our promise of a new and purposeful life the promise of a joy that goes beyond this life into eternal life god with us emmanuel God with us, who came to not just dwell with us and sympathize with us in our weakness, but to live and die and rise for us. And friends, God is faithful to that promise. God kept that promise. And he comes to Joseph and he fills him with faith in that promise. He comes to him in that dream and assures him of what is happening, and what he is doing, and it says that Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. We don't hear any questions of Joseph. You know, God, can you explain this to me a little bit more? I'm just not quite sure about this yet. He gets up and he does what the angel tells him to do. God comes to him, his faithful God, and assures him of his word and then fills him with faith to believe it. Now, this doesn't mean that life's going to be easy for Joseph. You know, his plan before was, was to divorce Mary quietly so that she wouldn't be open to public disgrace. But you know what this means for Joseph now, taking Mary home to be his wife? the public disgrace is going to be upon him. Because he believes and he knows, and and Mary believes and knows what is happening here, but no one else is going to believe it, are they? (laughs) What does it look like? It looks like Joseph got her pregnant outside of where he should have. But it didn't matter to Joseph what kind of public disgrace might come his way. God had so filled him with faith And what was happening. And what he was doing. And he had to be so filled with joy and confidence and comfort. in those promises that God had made and was now fulfilling that it didn't matter. That he went forth in faith. No matter what it might mean for him and Mary. Because he knew how faithful his God was to him. And how much his God loved him. And friends, God wants to come and fill you with faith too. He wants to bring you back to his promises, those promises that maybe you've been doubting and wondering about and maybe thinking that God has been unfaithful to and won't be faithful to. And he wants to fill you with faith. And he does it for you in a way really much better than an angel in a dream. (laughs) Because he sends his promised Holy Spirit God himself, the Holy Spirit, comes to you, and he comes to you in the promises. Comes to you through these words. And he comes to you in this sacrament, in the very body and blood of this Savior, to fill you with faith. To assure you that, yes, God fulfills every promise. And what's your proof? Jesus. He points you back to Jesus. The one who came to save you, his people, from your sins. God comes and fills you with faith. To believe. In spite of what your eyes might tell you. Or your brain tries to tell you. That God is always faithful. That God will always fulfill his promises. Because look. Look. At Emmanuel, Look at God with us. Come and listen to him and hear him and taste of him. Come and know what your God has done for you. But just like for Joseph, this doesn't mean that your life just becomes easy. Because we still have to struggle for, through this life. We still have to struggle with sin. We're still going to have people who are unfaithful to us. Those those doubts and those fears might still arise. But just like Joseph was able to go forth in faith, so are we. Because it's not about our faithfulness to him. But it's about his faithfulness to us. And we can go forth No matter what this life might hold, and know that we are loved, and that God is faithful, and that God is always good, and that God is always willing to come and to fill us with faith again. Because Jesus has come to save you from your sins. God has come here into flesh to do what we could not so that we can have what we don't deserve. Peace right now. Forgiveness for every sin. The promise that he's going to come again. The joys of an eternal life with him waiting for us. A faithful God promises you. And he wants to fill you with faith in these promises. May he give it to you. Amen.